Live. Live on. Live on set. And welcome to another episode of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. The season five premiere had two people on it. Episode 76 will have two people on it as well. Joining me for one of them, their second time on set, one of and the other person here, their third time on set, even though we recorded the episode in one night. Welcome back to Sarah Santiago and Caitlin Cobo. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello. How are ya? Good. How's everyone doing? I'm good. I'm chilling. Love it. Love it. I remember when we recorded our episodes, and I think Caitlin went first, fresh to death. We talked Harry Styles, who will come up later in this episode as well. We also talked about the movie Fresh, Hulu's Fresh, which I know was a big hit for them. And then Sarah was not one, not the next, but the two episodes after Caitlin for Only Angel and Sarah's House, where we had a full... Harry Styles deep dive, music deep dive, um, but definitely those three episodes there. But the two times, you know, recording uh, were two of the the big hits of season four. So welcome back for your first time, season five. Hey, so excited! I'm really looking forward to this episode for a number of reasons. But I know since not being around his work as much, I've only got. I mean, I talked to you guys, you know, um, a, like a good amount, obviously, but I have not been able to hang out or see you guys in a while just because of work and stuff so but we were able to hang out on two occasions over the past couple of months for two really really cool things and that's what this week's episode is going to be about so uh, a concert which I've talked to you guys both about music but then also Sarah hooked it up for a big advanced screening of Don't Worry Darling which we both uh, or all of us rather uh, got to go this will come out obviously on a Monday. We went last Monday, four days before, you know, the public could see it, which was really cool. So um, let's start with music. Let's start with a Laney concert that we went to. And Sarah, have you seen Laney before or no? Was that no. your first time? It was my first time. Yep. Caitlin, what about you? No, this was my first time. Interesting. So that was a great night overall. I know the rain kind of um, didn't push things back. I went to a concert last week for the chili peppers and rain was a, very much a factor we had to deal with a delay which was yucky um both literally and, and um figuratively but laney is a band that means a lot to me it's a band that i had seen i think that was my fifth or sixth time and i'm every time they come to orlando i like to go so like that kind of music whoever wants to go first like that kind of music is that something that you guys like like that kind of music was it something that was new to you how do you guys feel I know I definitely listened to them like before. Um, I think the first time I listened to it was like super far. And then I really got into them during Malibu Nights when mm -hmm. that came out. Yep. For me, I didn't really know who they were before we went. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of prepared myself a couple of weeks before. And at first I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like obsessed with them. Yeah. I really, and I've, I've told this story a couple of times on the show where I was at a music festival, the only, the only one I've ever been to, 
in Cincinnati. It's called Bunbury. Really, really cool festival. You park in Kentucky, you walk across the bridge, and then you're in Cincinnati. It's very, very cool. Um, they had three stages. It was a full weekend, kind of like how the festivals are in the U.S. And it, the headliners were The Killers, Dead Mouse, Florence and the Machine, um, and then some really, really other like cool bands. And the last day, the headliner was Florence and the Machine. And my friends and I wanted to just have a good spot for Florence. And Lainey played a five or six song set at three o'clock, set up their own stage, said, hey, we're Lainey. At that, so when we saw them, one of their original members hasn't toured with them the last two like album cycles. But the drummer, Jake, and, and the lead singer, Paul, have been there every single time. And they were just really cool. It was a new band. I love their sound. And long story short, like I've stuck with them and have seen them in Orlando every other time that they've come. So, and I've actually went to San Augustine the last time they were um, here because they didn't play Orlando and they were great, which was cool. But it was, it was good to go and had a fun time because I know how much you guys are really into music. But yeah, no, Malibu Nights was a really big album for them. And kind of the cool thing is I feel like I'm talking so much and I'm going to say this and then someone else can talk about whatever they want. Um, but the really cool thing about Laney, just to kind of get this out there, is it's cool to see a band just starting out. But then also over the past five years since that festival, they've had a lot of music that has come out and they've continued to get bigger and bigger and play bigger venues. And then they've also had the opportunity to open for people that people who are listening to the, our show today that don't know Laney, they'll know John Mayer, they'll know Ellie Golding, they'll know um, people like that where they have played or not played, but they've opened for them on bigger venues and various legs of, of tours and things like that. I think a dream of mine would be for them to do like a co-headlining arena tour with like the 1975 and that, that'd be really cool. But when we saw them, Surfaces opened and Surfaces is, is a pretty like cool band too that, you know, I think could have played the venue that we saw them at and to have people come, which is really cool. So, but yeah, any new music, anything or anything Laney related you guys want to talk to before we talk about Don't Worry Darling? I want to go back to the whole Surfaces part. Sure. Because I was supposed to actually see them before the pandemic. I was like still in high school. I was my senior year of high school. And remember I had bought tickets mm -hmm. and then I get like an email saying how it was canceled. I was like, oh, okay. And then yeah. I never saw them until we saw Lanny. And I'm like, finally, yeah. this, is, this is the moment to see them. And that venue I'd never been to before. There, the, there were a couple of bands that had played there. I actually, no, I think Sarah, when we recorded the first time you had just gone to Wallows and that was a band that had mm -hmm. come to Orlando twice and when they played the house of blues a yeah. year or two ago I had a pre-sale code tickets for like 25 or 35 bucks and I waited one day public on sale it was all snatched up like really cool band I like their stuff um like Dylan the lead singer obviously as people will know from a lot of things so the next time Wallows come I want to go and because that was at the same venue and you got to go and had been to that venue before which was really cool yes and that was also when I had lost my voice <laughs> that is true. No, that is very true. That is very true. I am nursing a nasally allergy situation as well. So not like Michael Jordan flu game, but I feel pretty, <laughs> pretty close, obviously. Caitlin, any new music that's that, that you're listening to right now? I feel like you, you got to get in the, in the game here. So what else? What's been going on with you? I started listening against like older bands. Yeah, not like super old like to the same genre yeah like 
Red Hot Chili Peppers. What was the other band that I messaged you about, Sarah? I don't remember. Oh, no. <laughs> we talk a lot. Hot Shell Ray? Is that, is Hot that Shell something? Ray. Oh, my Hot yes. Shell Ray? Hot Shell Ray. <laughs> oh, my God. Tonight. Tonight. Yes. No, no. Very much. Okay. Have not heard that band name out loud. What a throwback. <laughs> No, not not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. Hot Shell Ray. Yeah, One Direction. Of course, of course. Like, I've been trying to take a little bit of a deep uh, deep dive into One Direction. I was talking a little bit with Sarah earlier today before we started zooming, and I still very much am nowhere close to the love and appreciation that you guys have for One Direction because that was because I just I, I'd gone through it with the Backstreet Boys and Sync thing, and I know like. I know that One Direction didn't do the whole dance stuff to like go with the music as well, and they were very much like they didn't want to do that, which I which I support. But some of the songs on the last One Direction album, hot tracks, very very good stuff. We keep telling you, like okay, okay. I've been saying this. If you were to listen to them, Four and Made in the AM would be your like top albums. That'd be my scene. Yeah. It just hit shuffle one day, today, actually, I hit shuffle today. But then when, when like leading up to the Laney concert, I was saying, just like pointing at my TV, but with YouTube, just if I listen to one thing or like a live track of something that Harry has done or one of them have mm-hmm. done the solo stuff, it'll be like this whole YouTube mix cue kind of thing. And it just led down this, this one direction rabbit hole. And some of it was really good. Holds yeah. up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we know. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Hot Shell Ray, 1D, Laney, Surfaces. Definitely checked off the the music aspect of it. I might throw a music uh, question at you both towards the end and see um, how you're feeling. But we got to talk Don't Worry Darling. We got to talk about this movie that would have come out the previous Friday when this, this episode drops. This episode dropped the last Monday of September. But the world has had this movie for almost a month because it did debut internationally at, was it Cannes? Venice. Venice, Venice, right, Venice. And for those who are fans of the film industry or just how movies get released you know, internationally before they come here for us domestically, um, movies that enter those festivals sometimes are up for big awards. You'll, some people will know right then, right there, is this movie going to be good? Is it bad? Is it a flop? Is it is it a contender? You know, And it did get, I think, like a four or five minute ovation. There were a number of other uh, films that debuted at that festival that did really well, you know, as well, like on the same scale, like six, seven, eight, you know, minutes getting ovations. But what I really liked about not just going to the movie, you know, with you guys, I definitely felt out of place in the sense of I felt I was the only Harry Styles. I was the the only one in the theater that was not like a hundred percent like a Harry Styles stand. So like like when people when he came on screen and people were loving it, like I felt like I was don't don't get me wrong, I felt the love and support. What do you here. Mean? But what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at is felt out of place is that I'm just I'm so new into the like I'm a Harry Styles solo guy, but I have respect for what One Direction was. You guys have been day ones from day one. And I've supported mm-hmm. him and all the different avenues and platforms that he's put things out and released to the world. So I felt out of place with that. But overall, before we get into specifics, I had a nice time. 
Uh, and we did too. Thanks. But with that being said, I want to talk about this movie. Whoever wants to go first, talk about a little bit generalities, and then we will tell the listeners and take the high road and be nice to people. <laughs> tell them that if they haven't seen the movie yet, to stop here and then come back and finish the episode when the time is right. So who wants to go first? Let's talk Don't Worry Darling. What do you guys think of the premiere experience that we got to experience together, but then also the movie as well? I understand why Harry did not know what to say or how to give a straight answer to mm-hmm. any of the questions. Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when he was asked all these questions, like, what are your thoughts about it? And he was like, uh, uh, I have no words, no <laughs> words. And I was like, what? Yeah. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I think for someone who has such a big platform globally, did you guys get the sense, just him being interviewed? Because in all the movies that he's been in, Dunkirk, Eternals, Don't Worry Darling, I know My Policeman comes out within the next month or so, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon, whatever you're saying on Monday, yeah. Sarah. But he has the acting chops. And I think if I was not a One Direction fan or I didn't like his music, I would still wholeheartedly say that like he is a very good actor and can pull off serious stuff as he like continues to do. Mm-hmm. But the interviews, he's definitely felt out of place. But I think Sarah like hit it exactly right of, you know, being interviewed about a movie that has twists and has like the subject matter that it does. It's hard to answer things honestly without not really giving an answer. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of tough to do that. So. Yeah. And like another thing is because I know people were comparing his like interview to my policeman and this one and how he was able, he was like, well said, well worded. I don't know what's the word, mm-hmm. but it's because like that book, I mean, it was the book. That's why like there's yeah. an actual core to it. Whereas this one, like you can't really say too much without giving it away. Cause that's the whole experience of the movie. You're trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we do a deep dive here, Caitlin, how do you feel about the film? I feel like Harry, I have no words. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm just kidding. I think overall it was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like when people asked me, cause prior to that people were like, oh, like when are you gonna go see it? Whatever. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And then that morning when I went to work, my coworkers were like, oh, what's it about? I'm like, um, I don't know how to put this into words. <laughs> I've really, over the last month or two, have really got into the whole, I don't want to say like, this is a classic whodunit movie because in a mm-hmm. sense, everything that the types of the movie that we saw, like the movie that we saw is not the first of its kind. So like, it's not something that we'll say like, mm-hmm. this set the tone for everything. There's a lot of movies that have the the dramatic aspect, crime thriller, like multiple genres kind of like put into one. But the cast was so good. And I think the there are people who are in the film that people will know. There are people who are in are in the film that people really might not know that maybe this is kind of what gets them to, you know, things like gets them roles in the future kind of thing. But I do like how like what does harry say what did he, what was his quote about like it's a movie because it felt like a movie kind of thing yeah like it, yeah it felt like a movie it felt right like a movie. this and this is like in generalities as well 
the whole reason that I love and am passionate about movies and these elements of pop culture that like this podcast is based on is when you truly are into something, you can kind of take whatever it is, a song, a band, it could be something with sports, but for me with movies, especially is you can like escape from your reality and just disconnect from the outside world and go into a theater or watch a movie at home and really just lock in. What I liked about this movie, like generally, is that that was something that us and the audience could do. But when you kind of get into it and you see how the how the movie unfolds, great cast aside, I think there was a lot that was going on. Oh, but for sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've all talked before we zoomed, and I think. Yes, we got to see this movie early. This episode will come out only three days after the world has been able to see it if they would just want to leave their home and go. If you have not seen Don't Worry Darling yet and you don't want to be spoiled, press pause, see the movie, come back and hit play, and then you can you know pick up where myself, Caitlin, and Sarah have left off. But whoever wants to go first, tell us how you felt. Be as spoiler-heavy as you want because the world will have the opportunity to have seen this film by now. We'll each give our take and then we'll see, you know, how we feel after we tell the world how we feel. Where do we start? <laughs> love Caitlin, that. Love first? that. Love that. Love that. Um, hitting question. Love it. I don't have to go first. I, mean, I don't. We can kind of just ramble all of us. <laughs> sure. Sarah. I think, okay, let's see. Let's talk about Harry's acting. Sure. Okay. I love him. Don't get me wrong. I do. I kind of wish he did this later on just because his skills would have been better. But because he was on a screen with like Florence Pugh, very hard, I feel like, to keep up with that. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that the moments where his acting was kind of bad, it was just that more noticeable because. Florence Pugh standing right next to him. Right. I mean, I'm like, even Olivia Wilde, not her biggest fan at all. She did, she was good. Yeah. What did you think about his accent? I did not know he was supposed to play a British man. I thought he was supposed to be an American man. I got spoiled about that on like Twitter. So I kind of knew like his accent was supposed to be like a bad British accent, but I didn't know why it was supposed to be a bad British accent. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's because he doesn't have enough acting skills yet to hide his accent? No, it's because like his character is supposed to be American. But when he went into the virtual world, he made his his new persona a British boy. So it was supposed oh, to be an American doing a British accent, but he's yeah. really a Brit doing an American doing a British. Oh, Insane. lovely. Insane. Lovely. Insane. I, I think the thing for me is just to everything that has been said here, I, I fully support. I'm not sure if it was the episode with Sarah or the episode with, with Caitlin, but Florence Pugh is an absolute powerhouse like she is without a doubt if her whoever was in that role if it was not Florence Pugh if they did not deliver a performance along the same line or level that Florence Pugh was at if it felt any less than that this movie would have just been it just wouldn't be a success and I I know the reviews that are out there right now for Don't Worry Darling either people liked it or they didn't like it it was really 
no in between, at least from what I've seen now that we've, the three of us have seen the movie. I think that Florence Pugh, you know, is one of the best actors, period, that's out. I think this cast is really good, but the, the actor who is not someone that surprised me the most for how good they were in the movie, but an actor that I don't give enough respect or props for is Chris Pine. Like Chris Pine mm -hmm. is, you know, on, on the surface, when you see the trailer, you just know that he is definitely in control of whatever is going on in this movie. You get the interpretation that from the trailer that this could be the bad guy, right? Mm -hmm. When you get into the movie and you see that for about 98% of the movie, you know, <laughs> that he has every, every sort of attribute of who would be your antagonist, villain, whatever you want to call it. But like this world that they create and how they just run it ruthlessly, him and his wife, who's played by Gemma Chan, who's incredible in the film as well. I'm sorry, what did you just say? Gemma Chan, isn't that his wife in the movie? It's Gemma! Gemma, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, her name is Gemma Chan! Forget that part. <laughs> so It's okay, we forgive you. It just We're past that, thank you. She's great, by the way. <laughs> just forget that part. Like, that one-two punch there as well. Like, they have this suspense about them. Both, mm -hmm. um, like, him and her, they have their one-on-ones with the women and then the men, obviously, mm -hmm. in that. But I think the one thing for me is this movie, when you're in the audience, you are transported into this world where not just our, not really our parents, but like, our grandparents would have, like, listened to this kind of music. You get this whole retro mm -hmm. vibe they talked about in the press thing about this whole Rat Pack kind of vibe atmosphere as well but then as the movie unfolds and you see that this is like this dystopian created future where you buy you literally just like on the show the office they talk about this video game that dwight plays called like second life or this is like second second mm -hmm. life kind of thing when you go into this don't worry darling and about 80 percent way through the film you realize that Harry and Florence Pugh are a couple in real life and they live in our present day, maybe a little futuristic, but then yeah, just combat the unhappiness or their stability. They basically go all in and commit to basically living their life and achieving happiness and what they want in this alternate universe. Yeah, And I think it's a lot to take in. I think the movie was, I know I, I got to get out of this habit of just talking way too much. I think I don't like doing it, but. It's okay. okay. So okay like, keep going. Keep going. To, this is your to, show. I just need 45 minutes. So what's really okay. important is that I mispronounced arguably the best character in the film's name. Yeah. It's okay. We're um, past it. We're past it. But we're not though. So let's start back <laughs> at the beginning. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll give you another start. 45 minutes. Okay. Fine. 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 So the Lainey concert was so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, so I to to like to pass it off to whoever wants to go. I, I just I really do think like overall, spoilers or not, Olivia Wilde's first film was Booksmart, which I have said I'm not sure if I said it on this show, but is like this generation's super bad. Like that movie is so well done. Olivia Wilde and what she created, that cast, like Don't Roy Darling was an amazing cast. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say this was an over ambitious you know, thing to take on for her second film, because I feel like she is someone who will be able to continuously 
alternate between the acting and the director hat, or maybe double dip like you did with this going forward. But I think this movie had a lot going on and I'm just glad that Florence Pugh was in the center of it. Cause if it wasn't, I think if it wasn't for her, I don't think this movie would be as successful as I know it will be. So no, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Cause okay. I think the story, the plot line had a lot of potential, but I feel like there were things that they should have elaborated on and yeah. like gone more into yeah. detail. Mm-hmm. And for me, I feel like the pacing was kind of off a little. Okay. In a sense, like, I don't know if it was the conflict got there too fast or something. I don't know. There was something about how I feel like it was, like, rounded out in a way where, like, I was thinking if, like, A24 or Ari Aster had did this movie, I feel like it would have rounded it out and would have pulled, like, there's something more that I'm missing that I feel like if, like, A24 did this, it would have done that. Yeah, I can see that. Caitlin, what are you feeling? So originally I thought it was going to be, I don't know if either one of you have seen the movie before, Pleasantville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yes. was the vibe that I was originally getting. Sure. So obviously I knew there was going to be something off because there's no way that you live in that time period and you're that happy. Like, I'm <laughs> right. so sorry. I didn't live in that time period, but I can just tell you if I did live in that time period, I would not be that happy. And then I thought it was very strange that there was this like very sensitive, like it was very sensitive for the women to talk about what their husbands do for a living. Right. I'm sorry. If I'm married to you, I would like to know what you're doing during the day. Right. So I don't know why everyone was so hush hush about it. And then I don't remember what they described it as. I think it was like progressive development. Yes. Along that, something along those lines. Yeah. And then the women could only do certain things throughout the day. And then they were secluded in this bubble. And if they were to go outside of the borders, the red men in jumpsuits are coming. Yeah. And then these men in red jumpsuits would come and get you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why ballet? Why was that something that the women were doing? So, yeah, and that was another thing I wasn't fully understanding because then I was like, okay, because then it it brought back, like, thoughts of this other movie. I think it's called Black Swan. Black Swan. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, is this about to come in here too? (laughs) Go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like, the earthquakes, those random earthquakes Yeah, I didn't really understand that either. And what was the symbolism with the red plane? There was symbolism with that plane, and I have no, no idea. No, I definitely think there was. Yes, 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 yes. I think I think I know what it is. Oh, tell me. Can you tell me? Because I'm lost. Tell me. Like, so, I have an idea, but I feel like you'll know what it is. So the neighbor of, Flor- yes, of, of Florence and, and Harry's in the film. And for those who are listening, Harry is, was also One Direction but so Did the you know neighbor that? if you didn't know that I just if you didn't know this, that <laughs> this is off topic I know what but get really serious and I can jump back in I can snip snap it'll be fine but I love the fact that let me I don't mean to like toot my own horn here but when the really cool thing about the premiere is that before it started in, in lieu of previews we had like a 20 minute press thing where the cast came out it was great mm-hmm. my funniest thing of the entire night was my own joke when I leaned over when the cast <laughs> came out and said that's the guy from One Direction and, <laughs> 
but no, to be to be serious. So yes, their neighbor Margaret, who for those who see the film will see that that their neighbor in the film very early on, she is conflicted. She knows that she's trapped in this world. She does not want to be there. And you find out that where the like this, it looks like this desert that they drive through in order to get to where you see throughout the film that you see that the husbands in this area go to work. You find out that the son of Margaret, when they leave, because they're trying to escape and she's probably taking the mo- her most prized position that she views as her son, clearly because her husband works there and thinks that she's crazy. But obviously the son is like killed in that process and that the plane, right? But then the bigger mm-hmm. plane that you see that you go is the same color as the red people right. that come and take people away. So mm-hmm. I think what I got from that was like throughout the film was and thought about it, you know, like when I got home after seeing it is those are the people that are, I don't know if it's like a lesson of people who are controlling and like that is their like means to be effective in society that they will be removed harshly or that they are going to be whatever their purpose is, especially how like bad and negative it is that there's no place for that. And I think that when you see that, that plane fall down or that when that, when that plane crash mm-hmm. or the symbol of like the symbolism of it overall, I, I just feel strongly that it's something that serves no place but it's also a for Florence's character for her to see that is by that time for how curious that she was getting that that was something that was going to get her to go look that they could remove her from that world and remove all risk so control you can control and and eliminate the risk and you guys you guys talk for like 10 minutes about whatever you want I'm done talking I'm like I want to know what Frank Chris Pine's character does in the real world outside of this alternate reality because we see that well yes he creates this but we see that Harry's character what's his name Jack so Jack he's like on this I don't weird like discord thing for this alternate universe and so are like all of the men and I feel the only woman that I know that's like a part of it would be like Gemma's character and Olivia's character mm-hmm. that are like in on it. But typically all the men, they leave to go provide money for their wives and take care of them in the real world. But what are they doing in the real world? What is this job? Because I don't know if you remember, Jack was like, I leave every day to go make money. And he's basically like alluding to how he hates that he has to do that. Yeah. So I'm like, is he I- doing with Chris Pine's character in the real I wonder I'm gonna interject but like I wonder if when you see Harry's character in the real world and he's in that apartment and he looks a way that we have never seen yeah um, he's looking a little rough rough yeah I would describe it as rough when they're in what's it called like victory bill or whatever yeah victory victory right when they're at work are they just openly recruiting to expand that community and just mm. profit off of what they're doing? Because there has to be some sort of financial oh, yeah. reason for them to basically pay for this experience, immersive experience. What do you think? I thought all of them, when you go into reality, 
you see that Jack was at his computer mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. day. So what I was thinking was he was very tech savvy. So my impression was either what you said, he's out there recruiting members or he's helping Chris Pine's character go and develop more the virtual reality. Yeah. Because during that dinner scene where he has him dancing like a puppet, that he was saying how he was welcoming Harry to this senior advisory something yeah like a promotion higher yeah position on the hierarchy so i'm like what are they doing outside of this world yes yeah i hate that they didn't touch base on what exactly they do in the real world because i also thought it was kind of weird if chris pine is running the show the virtual reality and he's also in the virtual reality who is controlling the whole <laughs> big picture while he is in virtual reality? Right. Well, I think we kind of get the impression of, is it Gemma-chan or Gemma-chan? Gemma. Gemma. <laughs> Here we go again, Austin. Gemma. Live on set is a safe space. So I am learning from my mistakes and I'm- It is I'm, not. I'm, 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 I'm learning. Okay. It's a family so, show. But do you get, what does Harry say? Or is it? Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's very funny. Okay. This is not a family show. This is not a family show. It's not a family. No, not in any way, actually. But there are kids (laughs) in it. Maybe some of the scenes could be family, whatever. But do you think Gemma is in control in Victory? I wish they gave her more. Because Because she is. Because, but is, is this something that maybe the whole ballet aspect of it is her time that she has with the women that are there who husbands who the husbands of the women are you know with frank all day long is she doing it to kind of control them in the sense of to make them comfortable with this new surrounding so that they don't second guess why they're there it's it's there's definitely some there's a partnership there between obviously between you know chris pine and yeah Jim. i definitely think both of them because what I was sensing was it was a mutual arrangement yeah. between the two, mm-hmm. especially when you see like the ending scenes of where they leave things between the two of them. I think the main, <laughs> jumping at any time, you know? Sure, no, go here, ahead. Okay, here. No. <laughs> because <laughs> I know what I want to say, but I'm not going to say it to the best of my ability. Sure. Okay, no, this is what I, th- I think mine what I think is a little different. I think that she was playing the game. I don't think that she wanted to be there, but I think she realized that this wasn't real. And so she was like, okay, I have to play nice. Whereas like Florence, she figured it out and she was just like very open about how she's not like people aren't supposed to be there. I think Gemma was playing the game because at the end she was like, now it's my turn when she shanks him. See, yeah. I think it was mutual and that in real life, Mm-hmm. Like this was their career. Like this was their end goal. Like they created this virtual reality together, mm-hmm. and they thought that their marriage would be better in virtual world versus reality. Mm-hmm. And I thought the whole ballet thing was kind of a distraction from the women. So then they, yeah, like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> no, yeah. no, you can't yeah. go out there. And yeah. it was kind of like something to keep them preoccupied during the day. Mm-hmm. Probably like what you said, Austin. So they want to get more curious to go outside of the bubble. Yeah. And obviously, I just feel you, like, go ahead, sorry. 
I said, I just feel like her killing Moth had to have meant more. I think to risk the fact that when Florence gets out, that she can just kibosh the whole operation. What do you mean? In the sense like of, would? like, Florence gets out because, as you know, that like, she is the hero and she survives. Mm -hmm. The risk of her getting back up to Victory Mountain to get out of this world. Mm-hmm. That when she does get out and she goes back into the real world, that she can, I don't know, call the cops and get an, and, and, and alert yeah. them on what's going on and then be the end of everything. Because if they're all, if, if the other people are alive in the real world, which, you know, they are, with the yeah. exception of now Chris Pine and, and, and Harry's character, right? Yeah. It would be, yeah, and Margaret, right? They would then be going after Gemma Chance. Okay, that was another thing that I didn't understand, like the deaths that went on. Okay. In the virtual reality. Because if you think about it, in a video game, if you die, you come mm -hmm. back to life. Mm -hmm. So why in this virtual reality, if I decide to off myself or get killed, <laughs> right. I die in real life as well. Well, don't I they say the thing that if you die in your dreams, you die in real life? Or is that is that, a, is that uh, No, I have heard that saying. No, but I think, but because this one is very, it's all... Your, it's just your mind yeah. the way that this yeah. virtual reality is it's just focusing on your mind so your actual body isn't in this actual world yeah. so that's yeah. why and maybe just the shock of like killing yourself in this like virtual world would be too much is that like too you much think your mind just like i mean unalive from like the impact of your brain taking it because like for example when jack dies mm -hmm. he's killed by impact of somebody else's mind so do you think that that took too much control over his mind and then his mind just like went crazy and then probably because yeah, then probably Margaret, mm -hmm. when she did it to herself, she was able to jump back into the game. I don't think she was ever. I don't think she back came back. No, because in that folder that Florence had taken from the doctor, it, it was, it was saying how. It was redacted, but it was saying they tried all their efforts to bring her back and she didn't react well to whatever it is. It's them just saying that she died because they couldn't say that. Yeah. Because they were saying, they were telling everyone that she had slipped and fell. Yeah. Because no one knew that she had offed herself except for Florence, but no mm -hmm. one believes Florence. Yeah. It makes you think like, and like Olivia Wilde's character says that she is happier in this life because of things went poorly in her real life. So, yeah, I do yeah, wish they the did go more with that. With yeah, with the kids situation, I mm -hmm. felt like they didn't really touch base on it too much. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like that was another reason why Florence's character didn't want to have kids. Because remember, they said in the beginning, oh, this is just not what me and Jack want. When really, right. it's because you can't really have kids. Right. Why was he over there? near the bathtub telling her he wants to start a family how is that gonna happen if yeah he i don't understand that at all because he knows what's actually happening why would he bring that up right because like you have to assume that like nick kroll and olivia wilde they're married in the film and they have two children in the movie as well that mm -hmm. like it's when possible. they when they came to victory it's either possible or like either they already had the kids and they came or it's possible but it's a movie that felt like a movie that felt like a movie, right? I, I do think at the in the like in the end, the positives kind of like 
outweigh the negatives mm-hmm. of, of the movie in the sense of, does the movie make you think about a lot? Yes. Does the movie make you talk about what you saw and, and have a discussion? Mm-hmm. We're doing it now, right? Absolutely. Yes. Right. Has a good cast. There are people that are new to the cast that are like new to movies in, in, in general. So we'll see them. But then also we saw some characters who were in this movie that were really in movies of this type for the first time really in their career. I know that like Nick Kroll primarily is is a, like a writer and a comedian. He's had a couple mm-hmm. of movies that have been series that he's been in, but I thought he was great in this. Olivia Wilde has successfully like double dip between comedy and director or comedy and dramas, you know, for the past decade. But one of the other characters in the movie, I think her name is Kate Berlant in real life. She yeah. is a hundred percent comedy and she had some comedic, you know, stuff in this movie, but she I think is someone that could pull off drama going forward as well. But I, I don't agree with a lot of the, like, I'm not a Rotten Tomatoes person. I'm more like a Metacritic person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I am curious to see, like, I fully expect this movie to make money. I fully expect people to go for one of three reasons. The Harry slash One Direction fan people will always support anything he does, number one. Number two, I think a lot of people are really, really big fans of Florence Pugh in general. But the other the other third thing um, is that people love drama. Mm. And this making of the film and then the past like year or so leading up to the release of it, there's been a lot of stuff in, in, in the news that people will go and see it. But overall, there was a lot that was going on. I think there needed to be like pacing that you talked about, Sarah, as well. Caitlin, you talking about what is really happening amongst us living through this movie start to finish. I like, I feel you on that as yeah. well, but I think overall, I think I might need to see it again. I'm not sure <laughs> how, you know, soon I'll do that. When are we going? But, I'm going on Tuesday. Uh, I, I mean, Tuesday sure. are half off. Tuesday sounds great. That's true. It is half off on Tuesday. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me think about a lot, which I think is a positive thing. Even if movies, you oh, yeah. like, if movies you don't like. No, but that's be, why I think. Yeah. I have like a love-hate relationship with this movie right now is because it's a movie that was made to make you think. And sometimes I like to just be told what I'm supposed to think. That way, like, you know, it's easier to just take it in and just like, okay, yes, this is how it is. Because yeah, I like, like accept what it is. Yes, like accept what it is, but it's, no, like think you gotta think. And so I'm like, okay, here I am doing my literary analysis that I've done all throughout school, trying to like decode everything, which is fun. But I'm also like, I want to know, like, it keeps you like wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, do you think there's going to be a second part? Of like Florence, like rebelling against this government. This I don't think virtual so. reality company. Yeah. She goes full Yelena on them. The second part without Harry. <laughs> or Chris Pine. I don't think they should. No, no, I think it's over. And I think it'll be interesting to see I know like my policeman is like we said coming out in a month right but then mm-hmm. also he will be in Eternals again but after that it wouldn't surprise me if it's just music for Harry unless it's a if, like a, if it's a, like a specific yeah you know role or people that you want so I'm not sure how people feel about that but I think Kellen no. disagrees I strongly disagree I think yeah. this is the beginning of his acting career and I said this last time when I came on your show that I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I feel like he's going to start loving acting more than he loves writing music. Oh, no. There's no way. I don't think so, no. No, no there's no way. The stage is his. I will be very sad, but... 
Tonight is his last night of uh, his MSG residency. So. Oh, man. <sighs> Get ready for the YouTube videos of medicine tomorrow morning when you wake up because you know that's going to happen. So. Yeah. I'm going on Twitter right after this. Oh, my gosh. Any last thoughts about Don't Worry Darling? Because I have one other question and then two, actually. One question for the group and then one question to close us out. So I have so many, but I feel like it's just going to be like another 45 minutes. So sure. All good. <laughs> No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film going experience. I liked everything about, you know, us being able to go. Like mm -hmm. I said, hadn't seen you guys in a while, so it was good to hang out. But overall, I think this is another thing about Don't Worry Darling as well, and just about like movies in general is we're getting into that end of September, fall is here, into the winter. A lot of movies are going to be coming out that people are going to be talking about through award season. So if I had to pick one person in, in, in the film that would be nominated for something, I think it's Florence Pugh. Just a powerhouse. Talked about it. This flow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I said I would put you guys kind of like on your toes for a second before I close this out. So we have had Harry's house now for how many months? Five, six months, close to it. Yeah, give or okay. take. It's been some time now. Favorite Since song. May? What is your favorite song off of the oh album? Oh my gosh. We've had some time to breathe. We've had some time to do it. For the listeners of this show, and I believe I said it when I recorded with Caitlin, it, the album came out that next time at midnight. Literally like an hour after. An hour after we had finished recording, <laughs> yes. And then Sarah, we had had the album, I think for less than a week, because you were the two episodes yeah. after Caitlin. So the Zoom can come out in seven three? minutes. We can do it. Yes, yes. Awesome, top can three you if first, you want. Please? Okay, top three. Top three. No particular order. I'm going to go Daydreaming, Daydreaming <laughs> Satellite, and Daylight. Okay. I mean, how could I mean, how can you miss? I mean, I think the world missed out on daydreaming being the song of the summer, which I'm done fighting that battle. It's just too much time and stress. My only difference from your list is grape juice. Grape juice, daydreaming, and satellite. Ooh. Okay. Sarah. Oh my gosh, the pressure. Kate. <laughs> okay. Everybody's gonna disagree with me. Ooh. Cinema. Oh Hot track, hot track. Uh, keep driving. Of course. Yeah, banger. Shout Matilda. out Mitchell Rowland. Matilda's a hot track. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love it. I love that our lists. I love. I love that our lists were different, and I think. No, they weren't. But okay. Kind of, but yes, yes and no, but also, no. I guess I, what I like about this album, and especially with Fine Line and then HS1, different sounds, different vibes. The movies that we've gotten from Harry so far. But then also, you know, kind of how these, at least for season five, eleven, side have been all different. All the episodes have been different, which is cool. Different vibes, kind of around the same thing. So, how I close out every episode of Live on Set so far, Sarah, I would have asked you this question once, even though you, you've done two episodes. But then Caitlin, I asked you a question as well when we closed out Fresh to Death. Tell me what you're looking forward to. You guys can both give your answers. Tell the listeners of Live on Set. How you feel? Anything you're looking forward to in the world? Anything pop culture related? Anything at all? The floor. You know what? To the Terry, the stage is yours. <laughs> Mine yep. is Percy Jackson. Okay. Oh. I was a huge fan growing up. Definitely went down the whole Greek mythology rabbit hole as a child. But now uh, Disney had just like announced that they're like Disney Expo about yep. the series yep. and like the previews, the trailer came out and it just looks so good. Rick and Riordan's finally on this, so it's gonna be better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kate, how you feeling? I'm 
looking forward to basketball season to start up again. Of course. For sure. And then most definitely my policeman. Okay. Yeah. Well, the way for both of those things, I think it'll be about a week apart. I Hold on, it's... Sarah got more. Sure, yeah. Go ahead. No, because I just remembered my policeman comes out October 21st, and so does Taylor Swift's, like, what, 11th album, Midnight? Sure. <laughs> comes out. God, I, have been, I don't think I've listened to Taylor Swift since maybe 1989. So. That's fine. I've, I guess. I, it's fine. Just like uh, how you're not like, a fan, it's okay. Everything's going to be totally fine. Everything's going to be fine. No, thank you guys both so much for coming on the show. Great conversation. uh, Great times as always. For those who have not seen Don't Worry Darling, go see it. Definitely a movie to be seen in theaters. The advanced screening that we, the three of us went to, it was was an IMAX, which the sound played a big part into it. You know, the score is so good. The, The music in general in the film is great as well. Definitely meant to be seen on the big screen. So, if you have time to go, you know, definitely go see it. But that's a wrap on episode 76 of Live On Set. So much to look forward to. Abbott Elementary is back. Like I said, new movies coming out every week between now and the end of the year. Looking forward to new music, I'm sure. People you love or people that we talked about on the show is coming right around the corner as well. Go to a concert. Go to the movies. Get out there. Have a blast. But thank you guys so much. Thanks again to Sarah. Thank you again to Caitlin. Coming on the show. Episode 76 of Live On Set is in the books. Live On Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. We will see you next week for episode 77 of Live On Set. Have a great week, and as always, much love.